You're listening to episode number 57 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about your goal weight and what it means, the process of getting to your happy weight, what to do in a plateau, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. I've spent the last four months completely redoing my best-selling ketogenic program, The Keto Bundle. The Keto Bundle combines my two digital programs, The Keto Beginning and Fat Fueled, to provide you with clear step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet avoiding common ketogenic struggles, and healing your body fully and completely with a ketogenic diet. And now it's even bigger and richer with 65 additional pages, beautifully designed graphics, fully re-edited text, and a whole new easy-to-use format. Some of the updates include... Boosted content for supporting beginners on overcoming challenges while adapting, including how to cut out grains, reduce carbohydrates, and ditching sugar for good. Guides on how to take action for gradual change when you're not motivated. Support for adapting to keto when there are digestive issues. Expanded chapter on healing your imbalances with keto from autoimmunity, adrenal dysfunction, neurological health, hormones, thyroid, candida, and so much more. A six-week and seven-day practice to body positivity and intuitive eating practices made to help you connect to your body. Metric and standard weights for all meal plans, shopping lists, and recipe ingredients, as well as facts and outlines on current events affecting the ketogenic community and so much more. Head to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash bundle to get the keto bundle for 10% off with the coupon code pod at checkout. This offer is only available to podcast listeners and will expire on October 31st. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com forward slash bundle and the coupon code podcast for 10% off. Hey guys, happy Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E57. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true north strong and free, but gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the U.S. get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day trial. Imagine spending only $9.95 as opposed to the $20.99 on raw cacao powder. Or $7.45 on avocado oil mayo as opposed to $13.99 on other online shopping sites. So, on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping is going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into a $50 to $75 Thrive Market order for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com HP to get your instant 35% off. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details.
If you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. I have one announcement for you guys, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you probably already know that I completely rewrote both of my digital programs, the Keto Beginning and Fat Fueled. I spent the whole summer rewriting them, reworking them, redesigning them, and they're gorgeous. We put together a little special for both of these products. When we bundle them together, it's a magical thing called the Keto Bundle. The Keto Beginning and Fat Fueled are bundled together to create the Keto Bundle, which we are providing to you guys for a 20% off discount just on the website. But for podcast listeners, you guys get an additional 10% off through till October 31st, 2017. You can use the coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, no spaces, at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash bundle to get yours. Again, that's PODCAST for 10% off at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash bundle. And all the details about the products, what changed, how beautiful it looks inside is all on that page. So definitely go check it out. They're the two favorite things that I've ever created. And now they're even cooler. Our guest today is Danielle Delavalle. She's a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, author, and motivational speaker. Having worked in the food, beverage, retail, and service industries for the past 18 years, Danielle has had an invaluable experience that greatly contributes to her now profession as an NTP and body positive coach. After Danielle transitioned into nutrition, she dove headfirst working in a keto clinic as a principal nutritionist, opened a private practice, wrote a book, started a podcast and now is about to embark on the conference circuit as a motivational speaker. Her love to heal and be of service to others is clear when you meet her. Her heart knows no bounds. Danielle's hope is that she can work hard to help every woman feel validated and supported through every aspect of her life. Danielle's book, Happy Weight, an anti-diet manifesto of mindfulness, self-love, body image, and real nutrition. This book is so good. We'll include links to the show notes. And without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. Hey, Danielle, how's it going? Oh, it's going so good, Leanne. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. It's been a really long time since we've had a conversation. And I just I really love your book and the work that you put out there. So I'm very happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's so great to chat with you again. I know it's uh, life goes by so fast, I think, sometimes, and there's all these things that happen in between. <laughs> yeah, crazy. it's crazy. It's totally crazy. So for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Danielle Delavalle. Um, I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner living in the Pacific Northwest. I'm in Southwest Washington. And I've been a NTP for almost five years now. And when I first got out of school, I actually worked as a principal nutritionist in a ketogenic weight loss center. And that was a really interesting experience for me because I really got to understand the modern woman, you know, and, and her struggle and, and diet culture and just kind of the industry in general. And uh, it started to make me a little uncomfortable. After a while, I started to see just a kind of a lot of connections that weren't being made. And so I went into private practice and started to change the narrative a little bit. And that's kind of when Happy Weight was born. And uh, I started to write Happy Weight just for women who are kind of struggling with their body image, but then also still trying to be health conscious. 
it's kind of a hard marriage because the body positive community and the nutrition communities are still kind of, they're not rivaled, they're just on opposite ends. So I wanted to be able to bridge the conversation between the two. And so that's kind of how Happy Wit was born. And that's what I'm doing now. And it's such a great merging of the two because I am part, I'm very much a part of the keto space, but I also have a private like body positivity account that I like follow a bunch of people and I read a bunch of their content. It's just really interesting to see the differences and they are very much on the very ends of the spectrum and the keto people will say that the body positivity stuff doesn't count and it doesn't work and body positivity will say, well, if you're trying to diet or achieve some sort of weight loss, then it's not body positive. So there's a lot of muddleness in there. And I think you did such a great job in your book kind of merging. All Thank of you it so together. much. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we chat about what happy weight is? Like, what does that mean to you? So happy weight, honestly, is completely individual. I'm a bio-individual nutrition, you know, ancestral health specialist. And so it really is about every person's journey just on their own. And it's, that's kind of convoluted for some people because they're like, oh, but you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. And it's really about not comparing yourself to everything else. It's about stopping the perfection addiction, stopping the comparison, you know, on social media and everything that we're kind of bred to think that, you know, to hate our bodies, to, you know, only do everything this one way. And and then that's the end result. But that's, that's not really how life works. Life is, it's beautiful chaos. You know, there's, there's, life is just a beautiful mess. And, and we have to always kind of honor that as we're going, through our journey. And so it's always such an individual perspective as we're going through it. So happy weight more or less is kind of about honoring yourself on your wellness journey, wherever that is, whatever it may look like. And, you know, trying to investigate your health as an individual, because the unfortunate aspect is that, you know, a lot of us are kind of running an uphill battle these days with our health, with chronic illness, chronic fatigue. You know, there's, there's so many different things going on. I mean, like yourself, you had amenorrhea. I struggled with severe anxiety and paranoia. You know, there's so many different things going on out there. And so there is really no one size fits all mentality in terms of how we're going to achieve wellness. And so it really is just a guidebook, honestly, on, on trying to find what it is that is going to make you feel healthful at the end of the day, if that makes sense. (laughs) And so those results are how you'll feel by achieving the happy weight mentality, I guess you could more say it's like a mentality is that you're just going to be happy (laughs) and feel healthy or what, what can people experience when they adapt to more of the happy weight mentality? Yeah. So I think they can just experience a little bit more of body freedom and acceptance, but also when it comes to the diet portion or the food portion is, is really not getting hung up as much about kind of our, our hiccups or, or, you know, I don't like to say the word failures, but when we've kind of hit a block, being able to be kinder to ourselves during that. I really liked you did some Instagram stories uh, last week in, well, I mean, this is October right now, but last week kind of talking about how, you know, you, you let yourself relax and have this binge week, but then you kind of got back on track and it's more or less about knowing exactly where your foundational health is, you know, how that makes you feel getting to that point. But then also in those moments when you need to kind of just check out and not pay so much attention to everything you're eating or, you know, your size and just kind of really removing that equating your worth with 
with numbers, just trying to think, okay, do I feel healthy this morning or do I not? And if you don't feel healthy, then there's something to focus on and whatever that might be. So there's a mental health piece to it. There's a self-acceptance, body acceptance piece. And then there's also kind of the bio-individual nutrition portion to it. So it's really just about kind of putting those blinders on from the rest of the world and and moving through your own health journey kind of on on your own and giving yourself your own kind of accolades through it. And of course, we're going to rely on other people in terms of information and, you know, really picking things apart and investigating deeper because I wouldn't have known a lot of things if I didn't, you know, talk about what was going on in my life. You know, vulnerability is a big piece of it as well, but it's also kind of gaining that confidence that this is your life and this is your journey and no one can really dictate how that's going to be or what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. And so many thoughts came to me while you were talking. That binge week, 100%. I, I It's not like I even planned. I don't plan binges like because that would be weird and something that I definitely did in my previous life. And I think it's true. It's, you know, I had just gone on a book tour. In fact, it started even before that. In 2016, when I started writing my book, <laughs> it was the most <laughs> unhealthiest thing I've ever done. Like it was just sitting and planning and stressing and crying a lot and being very fearful of what people were going to think and how people were going to accept the book. It was going to do well if people were going to pick at me and say it was the worst thing ever. And then going on tour and having to be on all of the time for six whole months of not being at home, plus selling my house and moving into an RV, completely uprooting our entire life. When I got back from the tour, it was like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. And I completely used food to cope. And I knew I was doing it. I was like, just give me all of the things. (laughs) And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm not feeling good. It was probably about five days. And it was like, I feel like hot garbage. And I've worked through my feelings. And I know what's going on. And then it's like, okay, that doesn't make me a worse human or anything. It just is what it is. And I think that that realization of just, oh, it is what it is, is such a huge, powerful thing that took me over 30 years to figure out would have been really great if I figured this out sooner. But we all have to go through our own paths. But I think for me in that moment, I was like, okay, right, I do I eat this way. And I treat my body the way I do, so that this doesn't happen. But I think oftentimes when we get loads of stress or stuff, I don't think there's anything wrong with using food as a way to cope as long as you're conscious to that. (laughs) Like I knew in that moment that I was being conscious to the fact that I was using food to cope. And yeah, so you get back, you realize, okay, yeah, that happened, not feeling good. And now I'm going to eat keto and all will be well with the world. And I think your book definitely helped me do that. And your work has just solidified that as just being a natural reaction to something that happens. So thank you again for all of that. (laughs) Um, And so is it fair to say, you know, when people say happy weight, I think a lot of the times they think, okay, so happy weight is like 140 pounds. That's my happy weight. That's my goal weight. That's when I'll be happy. That's my happy weight. But we're saying that it's more of a mentality, right? Of like how you're feeling, looking at your health and a bunch of different factors. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, 100%. I I feel like the term happy weight 
is just an embodiment. It, it isn't necessarily a number at all because I really go into depths about not paying attention to numbers because those numbers are not a tell. They're not a tell of your happiness. They're not a tell of even the health inside of your body. It's really just a number and it's really just gravity and mass. It really, you know, I mean, I understand that we've really kind of like constructed these, you know, numerical boundaries around health, but the truth of the matter is, and I have a few examples in the book is that, you know, people, the one specific example I gave is that, you know, here's this 175 pound CrossFitter that has the best labs you've ever seen. And, you know, is having a great time. And there's this 120 pound, you know, gal who's frail, depressed, and, you know, is battling autoimmune diseases. So those, you know, people would be like, oh, I want to strive for a lower number, but that lower number isn't necessarily going to even create any sort of health or happiness at all whatsoever. And so happy weight, yeah, is just a term in all honesty about kind of how you feel, you know, when you are going about your day. And the thing is, is that, you know, I, I liked what you said about kind of coping with food sometimes. I know that that gets a little muddled as well because people are like, oh, we shouldn't use food as a crutch. But let's break down the reality. We eat three times a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We eat at funerals. We eat at weddings. There's no differentiation of emotion where food is concerned. And so the thing is, is that yes, we can do a lot of mirror work. We can go to therapy. We can do all of these things to really deconstruct our past and trauma and our relationship with food. And, you know, if we are bingers or overeaters, you know, there are different, you know, help and support groups people can go to. But at the end of the day, the reality is, is that food is always going to be there. It's always going to be a conversation. It's always going to be something. So if we learn how to have a healthy relationship with food, whatever that means, then that's how we can kind of get to understand, you know, what being inside of our happy weight inside of our body really means. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. And kind of an aside, but sort of together with what we're talking about, what do you say to people? And this has been happening a lot lately to me, and I never know how to exactly respond other than giving them a hug when they say, I'm going nuts. I have the last 10 pounds until I get to my goal weight. And they like list off all these things that they're doing, like that must take easily three hours a day. And I just, I just need to lose, lose these 10 pounds to be happy and healthy. Thoughts of what your response might be? Well, that number is attached to something. It's either attached to a memory they had in the past or it's attached to something they saw somewhere and it has become kind of definite for them. It, they've really kind of burned this number into their brain and there is a goal there and they could achieve it you know, eventually if, if they kind of, you know, however they decided to go about it, if they decided to get to that number. But the reality is if they get to that number, are they still going to be happy when they get there? You know, that kind of achievement of that goal of like, okay, I'm here now. What am I going to do? And what was this all for anyway? You know, those, those last 10 or 15 pounds that people are dealing with, what are those 10 or 15 pounds? What does that actually mean to you? You know, what, what is it? Was it a number that someone told you you needed? To? That's the thing is sometimes, you know, women, unfortunately, are, are very regularly body shamed by their physicians saying that, oh, well, based on your height and 
your age, you should be this number and within this BMI range. And so people kind of get hung up on these things because unfortunately in, you know, at least in the States, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but same. we all have the same. Yeah. Even if you say you have syndrome pretty yeah, bad, <laughs> even if you say you have an eating disorder and you don't want to know your weight, they'll still tell you and tell you, you need to lose or gain weight. It's ridiculous. Like it's just, it drives me nuts. <sighs> it's really invasive and it, it's just, and it's, it's unfortunate because it's very traumatic because you don't actually have a relationship with these people. So here's this person that you respect because they're wearing a white coat and you want to believe everything that they say because they're supposed to be your physician. But then in reality, they could care less about, you know, how the fact they're about to traumatize you. And then they're not going to give you any solutions either. They're just going to say you need to lose or gain weight and that's it and go figure it out on your own. And so we're just completely left in the dark. And so the thing is, I mean, in a roundabout way, why are we trying to lose those 10 or 15 pounds? What does it actually mean to you? And how are you going to feel when you reach that goal? If it really means the end of the world to you, like you absolutely 100% have to reach this number, you know, I feel like there's just so much more work that needs to be done there. But then at the end of the day, I mean, people can achieve it if they want to. It's just, you know, what is it? What is it about that number? Hmm. Yeah, I definitely had a number in my head for many, many years and definitely tried to get there. And I did. And when I got to the, that place is the most unhealthiest space I've ever been in in my entire life. And I maintained that for years and did a lot of damage to my body that's taken many years to reverse. And now being the weight that I am, I actually weighed myself, I guess it would have been a month ago now. And I'm just so blown away that the difference between unhealthiness and healthfulness was like 14 pounds, like 14, that 14 pounds. And now ovulating and I'm not moody or I don't have ADHD anymore. Like all these things that were happening to me was the difference of 14 pounds. And really 14 pounds, seriously, that's like, if that costs me what I have now in my life now, like, it's just, <laughs> are you kidding? Like, that's, that's, that's what no, made my life you. miserable. No, thanks. No, you can have no, just no, go away. I don't, I don't want to lose that. I want to just be where I am right now, happy as a little clam. And, you know, life is messy and things are going to happen. But overall, I'm so much more balanced because of it. And so we're talking about a little bit of weight here, but on the flip side, you know, a lot of people will say, how can I be happy with my weight or achieve the mentality of happy weight when I've been told I'm morbidly obese, I have over 200 pounds to lose and I'm hitting plateaus and I'm struggling and I'm trying to heal my body. Any recommendations for people in that space? Well, for people in that space, it's, it's a hard place to be in clearly either they feel like the world is against them. They feel like their body is against them. And it's really going to be kind of a tough mental battle to get through that. But my biggest recommendation is just to really honor yourself through the process. Cause if you really want to, if there are these certain kind of like blood levels or hormone levels that you're really trying to correct and achieve that, those are the things that to use as your, your new goals. You know, when you go get your blood test done and your, you know, your T3 is awesome or, you know, your estrogen is decreased, you know, things kind of focusing on these very tangible things that are, you know, happening inside of the, inside of your body physiologically, because then you can feel the difference. Eventually you feel that brain fog lift, you know, those, the, your periods get better. You start to feel more energy, you sleep better. There's so many different things that are happening, you know, as we're, when we have a large amount of weight to lose, we can feel the difference 
difference when we're losing some of that kind of visceral tissue. And so I really try to encourage people to fall in love with food in a different way and start to see it different, investigate it differently. And that's what I love about ancestral health nutrition so much is because you start to have this different relationship with it. You start to, you know, cause the thing is, is a lot of people today aren't cooking anymore. They're eating fast food, they're eating out, they're eating, you know, these little like hundred calorie snack bag things. And we're thinking that those, those are what we're supposed to be having. But a lot of people are just outside of their kitchen and they are outside of their connection with food. And so I really want people to kind of come back to that beautiful relationship because this is the thing is, is food is vitality for us, right? We need it to survive. So kind of like reinvigorating that symbiotic relationship and understanding the food as a nourishment and thinking, you know, what is it, this food that I'm having right now, what is it doing for me? And is it bringing me nourishment? Is it going to make me feel good at the end of the day? And kind of that's, that's what it's really about. And if we can kind of, you know, change this relationship, change this focus, and then have these kind of attainable physiological goals of what's happening internally, then the rest of it just kind of fades away. And also just please like delete all your social media accounts or only follow people that are kind of encouraging you to stay on a positive path because it's really hard when people are kind of in that weight loss mode and they're using thin spiration or, you know, all those fit life hashtags and that kind of stuff. It can be really, really damaging to people emotionally. And then we're just, you know, that deprivation is going to creep in. The entitlement's going to elevate and then we're just going to be back where we started. Yes. I'm so happy you mentioned that. As soon as I did that and I did actually created private accounts that only like they're just mine, that I can follow people that inspire me and they're different bodies and different sizes of bodies, different colors of bodies, different abilities. And it's just, it's so great to go into a place on the internet where I see a vast majority, like just an array of different humans. <laughs> and that's been really fun for me of just seeing all the different types of humans that are out there. Because when you're on those fit inspirational things, it's usually like white women in their 20s who are very thin. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. that's all you see. And there's so much more to the world. And I think when you open up your eyes to this variety that's out there. It starts to change the way you think about your body because all of a sudden, you know, maybe you see a woman that has the same thighs as you or this person over here has similar cheekbones and you start to see that you are very much in line with other humans and there's so much out there that we don't see in media. So I think that that's a great, great point and something that everyone should totally do if anything from this entire podcast. More on my interview with Danielle Delavalle after this message from one of our podcast partners. A lot of us have a love-hate relationship with MCT oil. The reason why I don't totally love it anymore is that a lot of people are reacting to it in their gut. They'll add just even a teaspoon to their coffee and end up having a disaster pants situation. Or for others, it's just a matter of not having a blender on hand so you can never really add it to coffee or drinks without it getting everywhere or it leaving a film on the top of your coffee when you don't have a blender to blend it up. All of these things are just super annoying. That's why I stopped using MCT oil. 
and then I found a thing called MCT oil powder and this stuff is amazing you can add it to your coffee just shake it up or stir it and it turns all creamy you can add it to your favorite keto smoothies or recipes and it just makes things creamy and it incorporates so easily it's not a mess you can travel with it it's amazing but not all MCT oil powders are created equal and I learned this firsthand when I was playing around with a bunch of MCT oil powder brands and they were spiking my blood sugar and I was like what gives turns out a lot of MCT oil powders use fillers like corn fiber sunflower lecithin maltodextrin and sodium caseinate to cut costs and all of these ingredients will end up spiking your blood sugar my favorite MCT oil powder that I was able to find is from Perfect Keto, and they've put together a nice little coupon code for listeners that want to give it a try too. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com MCT and use the coupon code HEALTHFUL, all in caps, no spaces, for 15% off your Perfect Keto MCT oil powder. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. So what's the process of the mentality of gaining our happy weight and and being in this space? Are there certain practices that people can do like right now to move forward with this process? Well, I try and go into a few different things in the book. I definitely talk about how to actually approach your body from a physiological perspective where nutrition is concerned. You know, is your digestion on track? Where are your hormones at? Is there any heavy metal toxicity? What is your immune system doing? You know, it's really, I think, because obviously I am a nutritionist. So I, you know, my bread and butter is really people kind of, you know, coming to terms with the fact that they can have control over some things that are happening inside of their body and what their genetic expression looks like. So that's kind of the first step for people is I really like to encourage them to go on this kind of investigative journey of their health. And then there are kind of other active things. I do talk about vulnerability and confidence a lot in the book and also kind of finding your tribe a little bit. I didn't really feel understood as not just as a woman, but as a, as just a person that was different until I found people that I could relate to. Because even though we're a communal species, we are, we are all about tribes. It's really about people that we can relate to. And it's important, like you said, you know, most of the people you see on Instagram are just young white women who don't have any hormonal issues or autoimmune diseases or anything like that. And those are unrelatable people, right? If you are struggling with any health issues at all whatsoever, that's not going to be someone you relate to. So I really encourage people to kind of find someone that's relatable or a community that's relatable or someone that they feel like they can be heard or vulnerable around because of course I did not coin vulnerability. I definitely quote Brene Brown in the book just because she is such an amazing human in terms of the work that she's doing, but talking about it, talking about our truth and talking about what happened to us. You know, the women that come to see me, you would be just, I mean, devastatingly surprised at how many women have been affected by either sexual assault, trauma, abuse, just it's, it just is so deep. And sometimes these are the, this is the first time people are talking about these things, you know, with their nutritionist. And I don't have a psychology background, but as an empath that's creating a safe space for them, this is the first time people are letting these things out. And so finding a 
kind of a place where you can be safe and you can share these things and you can kind of unlock a part of yourself. That's where a lot of the work happens is because the reason why we're trying to achieve something that might not necessarily need to be achieved in terms of a number or weight loss is because we're thinking that there's something lacking, that there's something wrong with us, that we're indifferent, that we don't matter or we're not seen or we don't connect. And so that vulnerability piece is really really important to kind of get in there, share your truth, be heard so that that confidence can kind of come from that. And there's a few fun things that I tell people. I'm a big, big proponent of communal nudity, whether it's female or co-ed. I just, people completely forget about their body image issues when they're nude around other people. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but that's been something that's really been amazing for my practice and, and other people that I've known. But there's also like cry in front of a stranger take yourself out on a date, you know, just try and do something that's completely out of the norm and outside of your comfort zone so that maybe you can start to feel something else and something that is maybe connective for you. Because at the end of the day, happiness or finding your happy weight is really about kind of encompassing happiness throughout the entirety of your life. Yes. <laughs> just just yes to all to all the things you just said um it's quite interesting too you know when when kevin and i decided that we wanted to sell all of our things and move into our rv there was a lot of fear around that and something we'd never played around with and a lot of things that i was feeling that i had never felt before and lessons i was having to learn and i'll never forget like our first night in there we woke up in the morning and we kind of like both started laughing at the same time because we had kind of made it like we were done. We're like, <laughs> even now, you know, it's been three months and we kind of look at each other and we're just like, bah, we live in this. It's so cool. And we're so happy. And that couldn't have come, you know, by losing 20 pounds or by getting the six pack abs. I mean, I've had those things and I, I wasn't that happy. And so sometimes, like you said, it takes you doing something you've never done before, feelings you've never felt before, you know, challenging yourself to just try something else to see if that actually makes you happy. Because I think, unfortunately, we're told that if we have these beautiful bodies, that it will ultimately make us happy and we'll get the perfect house with the perfect husband, wife, whomever, significant other, with the perfect children, with the perfect perfectness and our boss will love us and we'll, you know, all these things that will happen when we have a perfect quote unquote body, which sadly, I mean, I didn't, that wasn't my experience. <laughs> um, and I'm a lot happier now because of it, but you're right. It really takes us to really get out of that comfort zone and try something else. I think if you're scared of being nude in front of others, which I haven't even entertained that idea. Okay. I got to sit with that. Um, Next time you're in Portland. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm actually going to be there in three weeks. <laughs> um, but you know, for, for people that are maybe fearful of that, taking yourself out on a date, I think that that's a great way to start. I think that that's awesome. And that can build a lot of that self-care practice. Now, for people that are, you know, in this process and they're feeling, maybe you felt this as well at some point of just like disgust with their body. You know, maybe they hate, I don't know, their inner thighs and the thought of wearing shorts just like terrifies them. What are some ways that they could start to feel attractive or just feel accepting of that part of their body? I think that comes down to being in tune 
with yourself and actually having conversations with your body. And when you start to have a negative thought, what created that negative thought? Why are you feeling that way about that body part? I was having this weird thing that every time I got in the shower, it was like the time that everything negative in my life would just kind of present itself. And it was just really weird to me. I was like, what is it about the shower? Is it because I'm alone? Is it because the water is cleansing? I don't really know. But I had to kind of like reframe even, you know, what showering was to me and how I looked at it and kind of, you know, went in with a, I'm going to be positive while I'm here kind of a thing. And so it's just really these mental practices with once we kind of connect with ourselves, connect with our surroundings and kind of get, get in tune with the things that are actually happening with the, the internal narrative, with the conversations we're having. Cause sometimes we don't even realize it. Sometimes we're on this negative loop, you know, and this is why I hate scales is because women will get on a scale first thing every morning and it will dictate their entire day. And if you don't see a number you like it will ruin your day. It will piss you off. It will make you feel like crap. And then you will just completely start to rip yourself apart. Because then what do you do? Because you're completely naked when you're on the scale. And then what do you do? You're going to look at yourself before you get in the mirror. And there's going to be all of these horrible things that you're saying to yourself. But think about it. Would you actually say these things to your friend that was standing next to you? Would you pick her apart and tell her she's disgusting and horrible and worthless? You know, of course not. And so it's about also kind of stepping outside of ourselves and treating ourselves with a lot more kindness and trying to understand that we are worthy, we are worthy of love and we're worthy of loving ourselves and really completely reframing all of that. Change it, throw away your scale, turn on your favorite jam before you go into the bathroom, dance while you're in there before you, you know, go about your day and just only do things that make you feel good. You know, put up amazing things that, tell you that you're awesome. Wear your favorite pair of jeans that make you feel good or your favorite shirt. Just kind of live in this place where you know that you're not going to intentionally put yourself in this negative space. And so it's just, honestly, it sounds like work, but it really has to be a part of our daily practice in order to help to kind of rewire the brain. Because the thing about neuroplasticity conversations and trauma specifically is that there can be trigger memories with a lot of different things. And we can so easily do one thing to trigger a memory and a conversation. And it's just completely interwoven. It is totally a physical thing that we do. Like maybe red lipstick has a negative connotation for you. So anytime you put it on, you're just going to start to have these conversations. So whatever that is for anyone, it's about shutting it down, completely changing it, removing some things, adding other things and creating this just very like holistically beautiful environment for yourself and trying to really just kind of create this bubble of bliss so that you don't have to keep having these reoccurring conversations, if that makes sense. Totally it does. And I was going to ask, my next question was, how do you make time for this? Because <laughs> you were saying, like, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. I get a lot of questions of like, how the heck do you have time to better yourself? How do you have time for self-care and asking yourself these questions? Why don't I let you go first of like, how do you make the time to make this a priority? We just have to shift things around. You know, we spend a lot of time on our phones. We watch our shows. We listen, you know, to our podcasts. There's so many different things that we do. And it's, it's kind of like the, if you want to save money, 
don't buy your Starbucks mentality kind of a thing, right? So it's like, okay, if I'm not going to buy my $5 a day Starbucks, I'm going to save like 250 bucks a month or something like that. I don't personally buy Starbucks, but it's just, you know, I'm just using it as an analogy. But, you know, it's really just about that. What is it? What is your little $5 thing you can remove to add something else of value? And it's not necessarily monetary. It's more of an action. So what can you remove that's going to add value to your life? And we don't have to live in these cookie cutter images of perfection. It doesn't, we don't have to look like these curated things that we see on social media. It's really just about changing one thing possibly and creating something else around it. You know, kind of when you're, when we're talking about finding your tribe and finding like-minded people, maybe you go to a group once a month, you know, that kind of brings a sense of joy or happiness into your life. And then as you're learning about yourself through these fun things that you're doing, you'll start to notice these different shifts. So we don't have to completely like throw everything else in our house away and write all these different things and have this whole action. But what little thing can you kind of change just today? And I've always used this saying ever since I was little, because my my little brother and I are really close and he was the last kid. So I was kind of the one that, you know, he would come to with a lot of his stuff. And I would always say, you know what, Nicholas, every second of every minute of every day is a chance that we have to completely change our life. And so every second of the day is an opportunity and we don't have to capitalize it unless we want to. I love that. I totally love that. And I think what you said is like just picking away at it and it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul where you spend two hours just working on this every day. I think your example of turning on music and having a shower, I mean, you're going to have a shower anyways. You can choose to feel like garbage while you're having a shower because you jumped on the scale before and now you're like beating yourself up over it. And you're probably going to take a longer time in the shower just being angry at life. Or you can not get on the scale, turn on some music, dance in the shower, think about how awesome your day is going to be. Takes up the same amount of time, but it's just a switch in your perception. Exactly. Yeah. It's a positive switch. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so kind of talking about more of the nutrition side of things with happy weight and what you talk about, there's always a lot of questions about, you know, when we start to eat keto, we start to gain weight. What's going on with my body? Why is this happening? How do we maintain our happy weight mentality and our approach to our health when we see our body changing in what we think is a negative way? Well, I think at that point, it's it's really about the food-body connection, thinking about what is actually happening inside of my body. Why am I gaining weight? And when we think about keto, when we break it down, a reason why a person can first gain, on, gain weight on keto is because they haven't gone into fat burning yet. And that could, for whatever reason, it could be digestive mechanism, it could be a gallbladder, liver mechanism, pancreas mechanism. There can be so many different things that are not necessarily working for you in the beginning. So just really giving yourself peace of mind and saying, okay, this is just a part of my process. This is where the bio-individual piece comes in. You know, this is a part of my process. This is what my body is choosing to do. And it's just going to level itself out eventually and just kind of honoring it as you're going through it. And the thing is, is that what if the person keeps gaining weight on keto? You know, there's two different options there. Love yourself through it because if you feel amazing, that's fine. And if you choose, you know, if you're like, no, I just really need to lose weight, I have to do this, then investigate. 
what is it? Are you lacking stomach acid? Are your digestive enzymes working? You know, are you releasing bile when you're supposed to? Are you eating too much fat? Um, which can be the case for some people like myself. I, you know, I grew up with, I have a compromised gallbladder. So there's, I have a certain limit of fat I can take in. And so it is about kind of thinking less about your body in terms of the image aspect and thinking of it more as kind of like the scientific physiological aspect of like, okay, what is my body actually doing and how can I honor it through this process as I'm trying to get healthy? Yeah. I feel the exact same way with adjusting things and you really have to make a decision. Do I want to continue down this path? What makes the most sense for me? But I think the major key is like, if you're feeling awesome, like let's not think of weight. Let's not jump on the scale. How are you actually feeling? You know, has your brain fog lifted? And in my case, it was like, do you have to take medication for ADHD anymore? No, that's awesome. This is the first time ever. Like those little things of like, what am I willing to sacrifice to go back to an eating style that made me feel X, Y, Z? And I think a lot of people just get so caught up in the weight and forget about all these other things that are happening as a result to maybe the weight gain or the adjustment. And nothing is a forever thing. <laughs> so even though you are gaining weight now, you could lose weight later, it can maintain like, or you could start getting headaches again, or your headaches could go away, or it's constantly ebbing and flowing. And I think sometimes we think that once we figured it out, it'll be the same way the whole time. And if that's what you're thinking, I'm really sorry. It doesn't work that way, sadly. <laughs> It doesn't work Aww. that way. Your body is always going to change. It's, you know, the thing is, is that like when I started on this health journey, I mean, I've gained 20 pounds now and it's really hard for everyone around me to accept that because I don't look the way they're used to me looking. But the thing is, is that I don't have anxiety. I don't have depression. I don't have paranoia. I don't have continuous heart palpitations. I'm not sick every day from the foods that I was eating. So I feel amazing. And I'm almost made to feel like I'm supposed to be ashamed of the yes. fact that I've gained weight. Yeah. You know? It took me about four months to like talk about this on the podcast because I was like, <laughs> I'm telling people I'm 14 pounds heavier and like, how is that going to translate? But then when you think of like, my hormones are bang on, like I sleep through the night, I don't wake up, I'm hungry when I need to, I don't obsess about food, my gut is healthy, like I just had Brussels sprouts and I didn't get like pain or anything or bloating, like that is cool. That's <laughs> like, <awesome. laughs> like just those little things, you know, and it really adds up, you know, when your husband gives you a little snuggle and he's like, you're just you're just so great. You know, he never used to say that before, like ever, because I was always just so angry all the time. You know, those little things, it's just not worth it. And I agree with you. Some people will look at me and say, oh, you know, I liked, I've, I've said, I've had people say you looked better before <laughs> or, or things like that. And it's like, I don't know how, but that's cool. Like, good for you for thinking that awesome. Like, I don't know what else to say to you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I think it's just a projection too. Like yeah. people don't like change a, and it's just projection of possibly personal insecurity, or they really honestly think that people are supposed to be a certain way, which is, that's not how life works. It's so frustrating. It is. And it's really sad that, you know, you would think nowadays, <laughs> I mean, it's 2017. We're, it's sad that it's so much about the weight and what we weigh and less about how we're feeling and how we're showing up in the world. I mean, I calculated it out. I think I put it in one of my books. It was probably fat fueled. 
where I calculated out how much time I actually spent tracking and weighing and measuring. And it worked out to be seven complete days a month or a year. So seven whole <laughs> days, like morning and night, not sleeping, seven, an entire week dedicated to weighing myself, tracking my food. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> like that's, that's a whole lot. And I'm just, I'm just not willing to take that sacrifice, but that's not something that we ever talk about and what you can fill that time with of, you know, I'm not worrying about these things. What can I do instead? Well, I can go for a walk. I can snuggle with my kids. I can play with my dogs. I could start a business. I mean, seven days, that's that's a lot of days that you could spend on something else in an entire year. So yeah, it's really unfortunate, but that's why we're here having these conversations. More on my interview with Danielle Delavalle after this message from one of our podcast partners. If you're not familiar with Paleo Valley, they make two of my very favorite things. The first, 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef sticks. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs to benefit the health of your gut and the strength of your immune system. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical, additive dye, and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar and made with the highest quality ingredients. The second, a whole food-based, ultra-primal, super-nourishing organ complex. It's a mega nutrient-dense super supplement. The nutrients in just one daily dose read like the best multivitamin out there, and it's a whole food. Vitamins A, B2, B3, B5, B6, B9, B12, CoQ10, folic acid, iron, selenium, phosphorus, and zinc, copper, omega-3 fatty acids, DHEA, and EPA, phosphorus, the list goes on. Organ Complex is a combination of beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney, all sourced from 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef organs, which are non-GMO and never given antibiotics, steroids, hormones, or grain. The capsules are 100% pure with no fillers or flow agents, gluten, grain, soy, or dairy. Now you can shop all things Paleo Valley, load up your cart, and apply a super sweet coupon code on everything in your cart. Take advantage of this offer by going to paleovalley.com slash keto20. Fill up your cart and enter the coupon code keto20, that's keto two zero at checkout to apply a 20% off discount on your entire purchase. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. I guess my last question for maybe somebody that's struggling with, you know, wanting to have started keto and initially they lost weight. Now they're plateauing. They're getting really frustrated with their body. They're like, am I healing? How do I know what's going on? What sort of advice do you have to somebody uh, regarding the patients in the process and just being kind to themselves? If you could explain that to them. Well, plateaus are hard because it depends on where they're at. And it depends on, you know, what they're trying to achieve. If a plateau is happening, you know, this is just kind of me going back to being a weight loss consultant. But if the plateau is happening kind of like in the beginning or mid range or just at the end, there's just a need for a shift there. And it's possible that, you know, stress has crept in. So increasing cortisol or they're not sleeping through the night or not drinking their water, you know, kind of all of these, like typically plateaus are almost like, uh, we're missing a self-care practice there. And so that's where it kind of transitions into the nice happy weight body image aspect is, you know, maybe sometimes we can see these plateaus as a beautiful opportunity to think like, am I honoring myself? Am I really, am I, 
paying attention to just me or am I really obsessed with a number and, you know, tracking and all of those different things and weighing. And I mean, seven straight days of doing all of those things. That is a lot of time. That is a lot of time in your life to be paying attention. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive. A lot of people in the community are doing that on a consistent basis, you know, weighing, measuring, tracking, and it with that obsession is going to be a larger letdown if you hit a plateau because you're like, Oh, I'm doing everything so perfect. Everything is so meticulous. I'm not missing a thing, but and I'm, you know, and I'm really trying to reach this goal. It just becomes, that's where the narrative starts to borderline on. And I've been throwing this word around more recently is kind of orthorexic a little bit. And we've become so food obsessed at that point And so obsessed with this goal at hand that we're really forgetting about all of kind of the other things that are going on in our life. So I really try to tell people, pay less attention to kind of the obsession with the number and pay more attention to how is everything else going on in your life? Because I've had clients before that, you know, they've been in plateau for months. And then the second they went on vacation, they just like dropped 10 pounds and it's because they weren't stressed. It's because they were, you know, moving around and having a good time and they weren't so regimented in this kind of like oppressive imprisonment of, of what this thing they were trying to achieve needed to be, you know? So it was, I understand that sometimes we, especially with keto, you know, it's a fine line of, of macros. So it can be different for each person. But the thing is, is that if you kind of get into a groove of knowing what you, your body works with in terms of food, and then just kind of moving through that relationship without having so many rules and so many expectations and just this internal dialogue of, you know, if I don't reach this today, then I'm, I'm nothing and I'm worthless. It's just really trying to love and honor yourself literally through every every part of the process. And if you're plateauing, let's kind of step outside for a second and not think so much about the number and think about what else is happening around us. Am I stressed? Is my cortisol elevated? Is my estrogen elevated? Are there outside things that I'm dealing with that I'm I'm not addressing? You know, kind of think about it from that perspective and take maybe take these plateaus as an opportunity to kind of like stop and reset for a second give yourself a break. Love it. Where can people find more from you? You can find me on Instagram, Danielle Delavalle NTP, or, you know, you can always email me. My website is daniellelavalle.com. And I will actually be a keynote at the Nutritional Therapy Association conference in March. If you guys are interested in coming to watch me speak. Or you can buy my book on Amazon. Oh yeah, we'll <laughs> include you. a link in the show notes. And congratulations, that's awesome. Thank um, you, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm you should really be. scared and I'm probably gonna vomit before I go on stage, but that's cool. Oh yeah, just <laughs> breathe in and out and that's all the advice I have for you. Because <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying every time. It doesn't even matter, like even on my last, I think it was like the 36th book tour signing thing. I was nervous. I can barely really? breathe. Oh yeah. It never goes away. <laughs> it never goes away. But then you start and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Or you black out. I black out. I don't even know what I talk about. I just, really? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> People are like, that was so great. I'm like, cool. What did I talk about? <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> It's great. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash e57 and we'll make sure to include all your links in there today so if you guys are listening you want to check out danielle's stuff it will be there 
for you all in one place. And thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Leanne. I'm so grateful. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.